This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Hing.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Welcome to Seek Reality Radio with Roberta Grimes. Joyous conversations about what the afterlife evidence and modern science combine to tell us is true about your reality. You have nothing to fear. You are eternal and you are perfectly loved. Knowing the truth changes everything. Now, here is Roberta. There is just one wonderful reality. There aren't separate religious and scientific realities. We already know that. And neither mainstream science nor mainstream religions can do more than give us hints about what our one reality actually is because they're both belief systems. One's theistic and one's atheistic. And they're mutually exclusive belief systems at that. We know they can't both be right. So how do we get the truth? Well, when we study more than 150 years of abundant and consistent communications from the dead, we don't learn only that the dead are alive and that every human life is eternal. We also get a nicely detailed view of what actually is going on, and that view is consistent with both cutting-edge physics and the gospel teachings of Jesus. How wonderful is that? Today our guest is Donna Smith-Moncrief. She's a dedicated researcher in the field that is really crucial to our understanding of our one reality, and that's the field of spiritual energy. We now understand, as the pioneering quantum physicist Max Planck said, that consciousness underlies our one reality. We can't get behind consciousness. And Donna's interest is in helping us better understand the spiritual energy that really is the only base energy, so we can use that power to make the most of our lives. Welcome, Donna. I'm so glad you're here. Well, thank you so much, Roberta, for all the work you're doing um, with your radio show. And I'm, I'm just excited to be here, especially during the conference here in Arizona. Yes, this is, a, this is an exciting time for all of us. We worked very hard to put together a conference on what is really a cutting-edge field as well, which is all the different ways in which the dead are communicating with us now. It's, a, it's an exciting, exciting time, I think, to be working in this field. But you've done some exciting things, too, and I'm, I'm eager to hear your history. You started out in, in, in criminal research, criminal justice. Yeah, criminology and health. And in fact, I have to say, um, I'm, I'm still in it. I mean, this is my, uh, my bread and butter, but I mean, my passion is with the survival of consciousness issues. And one day, hopefully, you'll be doing that full time. Yeah, that would be great. Well, so, so you, you, this basic sort of, I mean, I'm an attorney. We, we have the same, our mutual friend, ah, Sam is an attorney. I mean, people who are used to dealing with what's true and what's not true begin to be very curious, many of us, about the conflicting tales we get about what happens at death and what reality really is. And I think it leads us to do this kind of research. Oh, absolutely. Uh, now, what, what, the, what, what you're doing now, though, is, to me, a very exciting area. Tell us about that. How did you get into looking at um, spiritual energy and all its ramifications? 
Well, it's exactly as you said, Roberta. I think I almost think that it's no coincidence that a lot of the us that are studying this now sort of start somewhere else. We we have either research or analytical background, and I think it it it, it it's useful because it, it lends credibility to others who are questioning us as we study this. And I I feel like I was born with an interest in spirituality, and um, I I stumbled literally upon it. I went with a friend to see a medium in, you know, my early 20s and um, was just really looking at prescient type information, just having fun with it until she blurted out that my my grandmother was there and actually stated the name. And my grandmother's name is an English name. It's very unusual, Beryl, B-R-Y-L. And Oh From wow! The, yeah, it, the, and the, she even and the medium even said, you know, oh that that must be wrong because nobody's named Beryl like you know rolling Beryl. <laughs> I've known right? one in my life, so I know it is a name, but it's rare. Yeah, and and I think I, it, that 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 started me. I mean, at, at that point, of course, I'm getting it. I mean, I'm studying criminology and psychology at that point, and of course, you have to kind of put this kind of thing aside, you can't really make it a full-time focus. But over the years, I got into it um, after a number of people started sharing their their, their um, experiences with me. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to look at this more systematically. Um, and I had the, um, I, I was grateful to have the resources, the right mediums and um, the, sort of the credible background so participants would feel comfortable in coming forward um, and, and, and sharing their experiences. And then I got doing that three-year study um, with 10 mediums and 88 uh, of their participants. All right. So tell us about your study. What did you learn? Well, I, I, I would say it was one study with about five different pieces in it. And one of the key, the core elements of that study, one of the core questions was, it, 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 do, do we, is there survival of consciousness? And although I think, I think other researchers have done great job in, in examining this, I've, as we both, you mentioned at the beginning of the interview, Roberta, we're inquisitive people. We want to know for ourselves. <laughs> yes. And, and, and I wanted to really do some case studies on them, really, um, before just answering the question of is there survival of consciousness. I wanted to get a better sort of a qualitative look at their, their history. Um, what are the different types of extra, extra per, um, sensory perceptions that they have? And wanted to kind of do a bit of a trend analysis to understand um, better, you know, is there a predisposition to what they do? Is there, an, is there a physiological difference with, with, with mediums? I wanted to get an understanding of that. But um, and I and I did do that and and then but the core things that I learned, for example, um, was that there there are particular things that sitters are really looking for with mediumship. I found after doing some focus groups with them, and they want to make sure that when they're seeing a medium, that there are three key things that stand out for them that help them validate that there potentially is a discarnate or another entity communicating with them, and that was that um, that. Specifically, they could name a name, just sort of the example I gave yeah. you. Wow, um, and, yes. that, and, and the second one was that they really wanted to be sure um, that they, the person, the medium would be able to describe either the personality, cause of illness during um, death, uh, and sometimes even be able to mimic. Uh, you know, there are some me- mediums that are able to mimic the actual um, behaviors of the discarnate. So that was another area, and on my instrument, that would be, that would be an... Um, that would score very high in terms of accuracy and in terms of um, specificity. Um, and I had an instrument that would be, you know, gone from high to very low levels, for example. Another area that they found would, would reach so 
would be considered high level of evidence um, in terms of validity of survival of consciousness would have uh, been that you provided such information that was so unique, no one else could know. No one yeah. else could know. And, and they're not even right. here in, on the physical plane, which, of course, that helps us because, of course, there's that rival theory that perhaps people are reading each other's mind and that's sort right. of getting it from the Akashic Records. So, so with this instrument um, that I developed based on the focus groups, I used that with all the participants and, and found that um, out, of, out of 88 readings, 73% um, uh, were able to, to, at least in every reading, um, address at least three types of these evidence within an wow. hour. Yeah, wow, that's that's good. pretty that's pretty high. Um, yes. and for me, that was um, and it was very stringent. And I mean, I wouldn't allow any any information, even that sitters thought were important, that were very general um, and were were sort of quasi accurate. Didn't make it into that. So that's a very conservative finding. I think that's exciting. Um, I I have always been skeptical of psychic mediums. It's just a little blind spot of mine. It wasn't until I read Gary Schwartz's The Afterlife Experiments, where he did you know similar work. He convinced me that there are good psychic mediums, so now I accept that it can be done. But it's something which is so easy to um, cold read, fake. I don't think people worry they'll do the research. Yeah, you knew my grandma was named Beryl because you did the research. They're too and, lazy. Oh, I should mention about that, Roberta. My grandmother died long before the internet. This is, okay. Her name is nowhere, anywhere. Okay, I mean, it, it, so and this all, and and the reading that I had was long before the, sort of the onset of even yeah. Google. I mean, I don't even think that was in our our, our vocabulary at the time. Yeah. So I should well, qualify that. That's good. And but nowadays, you know, you go to a medium. How do we know they didn't know do all this research about you? My experience has been that's not what happens. If they're going to, you know, fake it. Um, they do it with cold reading. They kind of, um, you know, draw you out and they pick up on something you say and then they basically parrot it back to you. And, and many people are so eager to know grandma's okay or their husband or child is fine that they'll, they'll, they'll accept it. So I'm a skeptic, but I'm a skeptic who understands there are very, very good, genuine psychic mediums. And it sounds as if the ones you chose um, were, were very good indeed. Oh, and and then let me and and that's a really good segue to the point that I I want to raise. You're absolutely right. First of all, I don't think that um, test mediums are a dime a dozen. I mean, there were many mediums that were referred to me um, that either thought they were were strong in their mediumistic abilities, um, but they they weren't um, they weren't uh, useful for the study <clears throat> because they created a lot of confounding variables. Is it is it the fact that the medium um, hasn't been developed enough, or is it the issue that, for example, that survival of consciousness does not exist? I mean, I think the, the, issue, the issue that I find with, with, with what you're, you're raising there in terms of cold reading, uh, there's no question, and I talk, about, I talk about the challenges of mediumship and try to talk about um, fraud, and I talk about uh, cold reading and the association with evil. The issue with cold reading, and one of the reasons um, I try to be able to control for that in that either they were um, double-blind, um, and that the 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 uh, sitter didn't know um, myself or or the medium, and the medium didn't know the sitter. And in that particular case, they're not able. They're also not able to answer or talk during any of the, the discussions, except to validate wow. on my instrument. And so, cold reading. I'm not going to say it doesn't exist. There are mentalists. There's no question about that. But I think that's when we try to 
do this kind of uh, more controlled research, uh, although it's difficult in some cases, um, I think that, that it, it rules out. Um, you did, uh, yeah. You ruled it out. If they can't talk, then there's yeah. not much for the medium to do, but really try to be a medium. Exactly. That's wonderful. Yeah, exactly. That's well, and, and you probably are more open-minded than I am, and so um, you're, you were not. I When I have had readings with very, very good mediums, validated mediums. I've had very poor readings, and I okay. have come to understand it's because I'm, not every time, uh, but but I'd say enough times that it's made me kind of cranky, but I've come yeah. to understand it was all my fault. It was my fault because I'm skeptical. Basically, my attitude is, yeah, you say you're a medium. Let's see what you could do. And that's the wrong attitude. I mean, we've got to say, um, at the beginning, my mind is open. Um, I know that my loved ones are there. Let's just see if you and I can help them come through and talk to me. And you're obviously much more open-minded than I am. I think well, that's really healthy. Well, here, here's, here's, you raise a, such a very critical point, Roberta. You said that you've seen very good mediums and that you haven't got good readings. So one of the things that I looked at was um, I wanted to that, – that was one of the very reasons why I got into the research is I would say, why would that person get a good reading? I know this medium yeah. is good. And why did that person – but there's about eight factors that I isolated that contribute to variation in readings, and that, that, that I think people – need to understand is that um, there are different factors that play, not even the fact that you you and I may have a different disposition in, a, in our viewpoints, not at all, because one of the things I did as well is I did a, um, a small control group with, with uh, males who are non-believers, because when I was looking at my results and into the second year of my study, I said, you know what, is this selection bias? Is this that these are all females yeah. that are predisposed to um, having viewpoints, for example, that are more open? And it turns out that that's not true. You could be a male who's a non-believer who, who, based on the need of the reading, um, could be completely shut down in terms of their energy and still get um, over 73% score wow. in the reading. And, and oh, that's so actually, I have, one that. of those on, I have one of those on YouTube um, where the medium is able to get the names of the deceased and the, the non-believer just breaks down simply because, um, and this was a controlled experiment. Um, and, and, and the other thing that I wanted to say to that is, uh, is that I found the eight factors really relate to the fact that, um, Roberta, so when you go in to see a medium, if, if it depends on the need and, and spirit decides who's go, what, the, what they're going to share with you at that particular time. So they may have been a good medium, but at the time, what was your need? Was it... Was it That's a very important point because I was going from medium to medium. I went to about, I think I went to more than 20 over about a month and a half. And my loved ones got really bored. They came through to the early ones, and by about the sixth or seventh, my brother-in-law always showed up. Bless his heart. He's a wonderful man. But okay. maybe, maybe my brother-in-law and a dog, and that would be about it. So uh, there's yeah. just no way to do repeated testing like that with the same center. Well, you just can't do it. Well, as well, Roberta, another factor is the expectation, right? It's the expectation of the sitter. There's a lot of different expectations. You might go in expecting that you you said in your head, okay, I want them to talk about A, B, and C, but again, they're going to want to share with yes. you information that they think is maybe even at your in, in your time not very specific. Maybe they think you need a higher level um, sort of perspective on, on something. And again, it doesn't, it doesn't resonate sometimes what they're sharing with us and what you think you want to hear. So right. 
And again, again, the level of the stage of that medium makes a big difference. I mean, the level of mediumistic ability, I think it makes a huge difference in yes. testing, right, rather than just sort of sitting and sort of um, experiencing um, the, a potential connection with the spiritual world. I think they're two different things. Yes, yeah. No, I, I, you're right. There are a lot of factors involved. Yeah. Um, but since there are proven to be some very good mediums, and you obviously found a number of them, um, there's no question that consciousness survives. Um, yeah. I think that that's the first thing that all of us want to know. All right, I loved, loved someone who was here. The body is gone. I don't have any awareness of that person. Is he or she still okay? Well, to know that even one person has survived... And right now we can demonstrate <laughs> thousands of people, um, and, uh, thousands and thousands probably, who have survived. So that's the, that threshold has been crossed. Then the question becomes, you know, is my specific loved one okay? Mm. And that's where a good medium um, can be a great blessing. Most, most mediums, I should just add for our listeners, won't take you immediately after a death when, when your grief is raw because that can be a real barrier to communication. It's tragic, but it's a lot harder for your loved ones to, to get through, to, for the energies to work, um, when you have this tremendous negative energy of grief just overwhelming you. Absolutely, the energy. And, and also, there's a number of cases that I've come across where, um, and even in the, in the book um, that's featured for this conference, The Afterlife Communication, so well done yes. um, by the Academy for Spiritual and Consciousness Studies, you can even see that individuals, um, during the various uh, methods that they've used to, to communicate, um, the, the validation um, that they, they, oftentimes the person over on the other side, let's say Roberta, let's say Tom is somebody who you want to meet. Perhaps Tom does not, is not ready to come through or needs assistance to come through. I've been seeing this repeatedly. Um, I, I try to, for the lay audience, I try to explain to them that, for example, when we come to the physical plane, we have to learn to speak and walk and do all of these things. And I'm not saying for all because there's different souls are, souls have different levels of evolvement. So when they go to the other side, they could come through very quickly. Your Tom may be very evolved and come through without the assistance of anybody right. else because they, they know. But there are some of our loved ones that do ha- are not as evolved, and so they, they do need support from somebody else to come through. Or I've had cases, they don't come through for some time because either they... Um, they, either the healing that they had to go through or they're, they're not ready. Um, they, for many purposes, they don't feel there's a, um, it's an appropriate time to contact. So, the, again, there's the variation in factors. But, again, one of the things I strongly suggest to people is not to put the whole responsibility on the medium because there are yes. factors that relate to you, which you did and talk about, you know, the energy, the expectations, but spirit as well. And it's a real three-way system. And yeah, I, I say right. three ways, yeah. So it's it's not just uh, mediumistic ability is important, but again, there's there's it all how it interweaves. You know that that's a, that's that's a key um, point. Well, we're we're going to take a brief break, and when we come back, we're going to ask Donna more specifically about some of the other things she's doing in the area of spiritual energy, and I, which are fascinating to me. So stay tuned for that. You're listening to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes on the Contact Talk Radio Network. Our guest is Donna Smith Moncrief, and we'll be right back. If you 
want to know more about what really happens when we die, or if you're just curious about some of the things discussed on Seek Reality Radio, come and join the friendly seekers at afterlifeforums.com. Roberta Grimes administers a growing community in an atmosphere of love and acceptance. It really is possible to know the truth. Give yourself the gift of understanding. Share your thoughts with people who are eager to listen. Finally, get your big questions answered. Afterlifeforums.com The truth about your own eternal nature turns out to be even more wonderful than your most optimistic hopes. Roberta Grimes spent decades reading more than 150 years of abundant and consistent communications from the dead. The result is her book, The Fun of Dying, Find Out What Really Happens Next. The Fun of Dying shows you why your mind is eternal. It explains how you can enjoy the death process, and it describes in detail the glorious forever that awaits us all. Now Roberta follows The Fun of Dying with The Fun of Staying in Touch. Learn how our dead loved ones give us spectacular signs of their survival. Learn about the wonderful ways that you can stay in contact with those you love. Go to robertagrimes.com for more information. It turns out that love really is eternal. Welcome back to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes on the Contact Talk Radio Network. We're talking with Donna Smith von Kreef, who is a wonderful, determined researcher in the area of spiritual energy. Um, one of the things that, that uh, we've noticed, and I've noticed this as well, is that people who work in areas where, where facts are important uh, start to get curious sometimes about the facts related to our eternal lives, related to where we go at death, what reality actually is. And our mutual friend, Victor Zamet, um, who's at the conference um, this weekend, is uh, a, a, an attorney in Australia, and and uh, I'm an attorney as well, and I think that that our, we're kind of semi-cynical, and therefore we're we make good afterlife researchers. Donna has still works in the area of um, criminal justice and uh, criminal research, and therefore she's uh, she's not going to be rolled over. She's going to look for the truth. And uh, having having done this work with mediums, I think that's... Have you written up your work with mediums? Is that available to people? Oh, yeah. The, 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 the first book that came out was Medium 7, Evidence of the Afterlife and Predictions. And I, that, that was uh, published uh, last year around this time. And currently working on Medium 9, which is uh, about um, harnessing spiritual energy to enhance your life. Okay, so that's it. And they're available on Amazon, right? Oh, everywhere, yeah. Okay, um, so it's Donna Smith-Moncrief, M-O-N-C-R-I-E-F-F-E, and, and you can find her books and, uh, and read about her research, which strikes me, it strikes me you're doing the same kind of thing that some of the, of the sort of serious scientists are doing in this field, like, like Gary Schwartz. So oh, yeah, and exciting. I have to say thank goodness for him and, and the oh. great work that he did, um, because often, unfortunately, in the, the areas, especially if you work in a conservative field like criminology and crime prevention, um, your colleagues, what are you doing, Donna? And it's always good to say, oh, there's Dr. Julie Buchel, or there's Dr. Gary Schwartz, or there's, there's you know, an attorney like um, Dr. Uh, Zamet and yourself and the work that did the history that you have. I think 
these things um, help us, you know, when, when, when you're, you want to come out, it's all coming out of the closet, but um, it, it, so it's yes. wonderful to have these other researchers um, walk before you and walk with you um, so, oh, you, so you true. feel you're not alone. <laughs> that, that is so true. Um, I, I've a, I work with business owners, and when, I, when The Fun of Dying came out in 2010, I had to, quote, come out to some very serious people, and there I am in my very serious business suit talking to people in their business suits, yeah. and it ranged the gamut. Some people uh, were delighted and read my book and are, quote, fans, and very, you know, they talked to me about this stuff. Some of them just swallowed hard and said, well, let's talk, and they went right on with the conversation we'd been having before. They just yeah. didn't know about it. No, and you know what, Roberta, it, one of the wonderful things about this is I, I feel a, a great sense of freedom that... And I, I joke when I say it's great to have other researchers by your side, but you know what? There's a sense of freedom when you know that what you're studying you believe in. And it, it, it's, to me, it's the ultimate passion that I, I felt when I found this kind of work. This is what I'm living for. And, and, and frankly, although criminology is exciting and we help people prevent crime, um, this to me is the ultimate um, help yes. to, to the planet that's that's needed right now, and so I would be willing Absolutely. to stand out there by myself if I had to, given what I believe now. Yes, well, and and what you know, I I, I think one of the things that we all share is that the, you know the people who are doing this as serious research is I'm not interested in beliefs. People ask me, oh, they, you believe no, this, right. you believe that. I say, oh, if I don't if I don't have proof of something, if I can't show it to you, um, I say, well, a, the speculation. There is some evidence that, but if I state something as a fact, it's a fact. Um, there is enough evidence that I'd oh. stake my life on any one of those things, that they're all facts. Absolutely. And, and, and Roberta, I think, I think one of the, the amazing things of our time is it's not just the work with mediums. So, for example, even the work that's demonstrated in the afterlife communication, um, um, a book that's coming out with this conference. Look at the, 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 the 16 proven methods. We have, you yes. know, we have past life regression. We have near-death experiences. We have people who walk regular paths who are coming with these stories. And when yes. you put them all together, there's, yes. there's, I mean, it is, it is not just that we have one area. It's just, no, it's, right. it's, it's cross-cutting and making us huge impact. We cannot now turn away from this evidence anymore. No, it's it's inevitable. In fact, as you talk to older people, if you talk to anybody over 55 maybe, everybody has had personal experiences that would be by, you know, uh, physical science um, estimates extraordinary. Uh, it's it's a very common thing and they'll they'll sort of show you theirs if you show them yours. And so I, I they'll when, when I tell them about my my um, after experiences of light in childhood, I hear the most amazing things back from people, and they say, you know, I've never told anybody this, but... Yes. And uh, it's, it's almost universal, these experiences. We, we just all have to, you know, come out of our closet, as you say. We all have to, you know, everyone's looking at that uh, um, purely physical, scientific uh, uh, emperor who's totally naked parading down the street, and nobody's willing <laughs> to point and say, you know... He doesn't know what he's doing. He's totally naked. So yeah. one by one, I think we all... Yeah. Getting- I love that. That's that. funny. 
That's funny. And, and, and this is why, and this is why currently my, my, my now I'm turned to various different interests, but physical mediumship is one of the things I'm. Well, that's complete- what I want to talk about. So thank you for bringing it up because yeah. I was blathering. Okay. No, Tell no, us- you weren't blathering. Lots of good stuff there. <laughs> Tell us about physical mediumship. Just for, just for listeners, there are a number of kinds of mediums. My own kind of favorite is the deep trance mediums in the early part of the, the 20th century, um, who would just get out of the way and let their control speak using their vocal cords. And we got wonderful, wonderful evidential information that way. We have, of course, psychic mediums who are the most common ones now. But this area of physical mediumship, these are rare, rare birds. I don't know whether a handful exist on the earth at any one time. But tell us about this. Tell us what they can do. Yeah. Well, the physical mediumship, I mean, it was interesting because when I was st- when I was working with the 10 mediums for my first study, some of them started to talk about their ex- they um had uh, intergenerational experiences um in, in in sort of the with with physical mediumship. They talked about the knowing about ectoplasm and that kind of thing. And one of the things that I had an issue with was that um, I almost thought that they didn't exist anymore, the physical mediums, because I all of them, yeah, all of them were mental mediumship. I thought this was a thing of the past, but I think spirit, I can't, I don't give myself any credit. I felt I was completely pushed into it to, to look m- more deeply. Um, and luckily I've, um, connected with, um, so for example, like Kai Mugi, and I'm going to see uh, David Thompson's work in Sarasota in September, and really trying to do some case studies with them, similar to what I did. So for example, Victor wrote this great chapter in the after communication, yes. um, you know, and, and I want to elaborate that on that too. I want to do sort of a case study analysis on, I think, you know, the four or five key ones. I mean, that that um, that actually do exist on our Earth plane. Um, they most of them are are um, emitting uh, the the ectoplasm. Um, some of them are are capable of of through the ectoplasm having reunions. So so Roberta, for example, if it's Tom you 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 thought you want to meet, you would actually be in that seance and perhaps get to either hear the direct voice of Tom, your your deceased loved one, or actually physically feel them. Um, for me, again, I've done so much reading and talking to a lot of people, but to experience it, for me, I won't write about anything until I experience it, until I, I've yes. done my own sort of analysis, although I, I, I cannot believe, Roberta, that right now there are people that are, are, are able, are capable of doing materializations, and this is not still known by our world. That's right. Now, tell us about, explain what ectoplasm is. A lot of people may not have heard of it. So ectoplasm, and people can Google, there's a couple of pictures um, that are available, but literally it's a substance and, and has been studied by a number of scientists like Dr. Richet, for example, and it is, in, it's been described like by some of the mediums as cold air. Um, it looks like, you know, when you, you know, when you're in the cold and you, you, the air is coming out, um, it's been described like cheesecloth. It's been described in various different ways and it flows and it can come out of the different orifices. Of, it comes of the from body. the physical medium, from his body. Absolutely. Either through yes. the mouth and, um, through, through, through the nose or, um, through the ear. And this is, this is the force. It's a life force. And this, this allows, um, those from the physical world to do various things. I mean, they, they've even created ectoplasm in 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 the the voice area to create direct voice so you would actually hear your your loved one or physically feel um or see you know we not see because this is one of the things roberta is that the spirit teams are currently working 
um, with with the physical mediums and, and researchers here to allow for light during those seances because currently the best they can get right now is the infrared light. Um, otherwise, as you know, um, ectoplasm can be extremely dangerous. If it's not, if if you haven't got permission and you're touching it, um, I, you probably know, or many people know about the Helen Duncan case, where the ectoplasm just um, there was a raid by police, and uh, unfortunately, the ectoplasm shot right back into Helen's body. And after um, several second-degree burns, after about three days in the hospital, she died. And so, this is one of the reasons why physical mediumship, unfortunately. Um, cannot be fully out there. They have to be very, very careful with who they allow to come in, not only because the energy, remember we were talking about the, the mental mediumship and the energy, I think it's even more important in physical mediumship, the yes. energy blend that the spirit teams have um, to be able to make it work, but again, the danger, um, the potential danger, and of course the ridicule that the physical mediums um, uh, potentially face, as well as I, I, I spoke to Wendy Zamet um, recently because they've had a lot of experience. Yes, Wendy and Victor, physical mediumship, and they were also telling me that the there there is some um, trend in in physical. Uh, I believe she said it was the um, it was uh, the, the liver or some part of the body that is continuously um, damaged as a result. Uh, as a result of um, wow. of practicing this, so they're really giving their lives over um, yes. and working with the spirit team because their main intent is to demonstrate survival of consciousness. Wow, um, th- this is an area which, if at all, in- it interests you. I thank you for talking about the book. There's a book on Amazon called Afterlife Communication, which it was produced by the Academy for Spiritual and Consciousness Studies in, in advance of the conference. Um, the, the people who are presenting at the, at the conference going on this weekend uh, are uh, the people, uh, people like Victor Zamet, who, Victor Zamet, if you've never heard of him, Google him. He is the preeminent researcher right now in the field of the evidence of survival of consciousness and, and absolutely go to his website and sign up for his the high point of my week is when his newsletter arrives. I get it it's his, his Friday <laughs> report, but I, I get it Thursday night because um, he it's always fresh. I don't know where they get all the fresh stuff, but they I do know. every it's week. They, so so do take his his newsletter and and just just enjoy it. Um, I I usually dip into it all week uh, because there's that much there. Um, and lately he's been featuring um, our podcast, which was really lovely. He wanted people to know more about some of the presenters at the conference that's ongoing. But um, the Afterlife Communication book has, a, has a, a chapter in it by Victor about his research with um, physical mediumship. And that's worth by, all by itself buying the book. It's a, it's, it's a very, very important chapter. There are several things in that book, which if nothing else were there, I would say buy it for that. So um, it's certainly worth um, you know, reading that book and getting a better understanding of where we are right now in uh, afterlife communication, which is so far ahead of where, which, what most people dream is going on. Yeah, that's what, and- yeah, and that's I think you say, as you say, that's frustrating. But yeah, it, yeah, and I think what's wonderful about this, the afterlife communication book too, is it really levels the playing field. Um, you know, a lot of skeptics will unfortunately say that the business of mediumship and survival of consciousness is really just a way of a money grab, right? But when and when you read this book and you read the different accounts, um, a lot of these people, um, they're teaching. So um, Craig, the editor of the book, is teaching. 
um, people how to directly communicate, right? Directly communicate yes. with their loved ones, which is which is a very important concept. In other words, it, it, it's saying that we are all spiritual beings that are just in a physical body to ex- experience um, different lifetimes, you know, so our, our, our consciousness can be raised. And if, if we're teaching through this book, for example, that you can learn about your soul, you can learn about your inner self and, and identify the powers that you have to communicate in various different ways, because the different authors talk about different ways, but you can, through various different, um, you know, through proper meditation, through discipline with your body and your, your energy body and your chakras, I mean, you can um, have uh, direct direct communication, which takes away that whole skeptical claim that we yes. need the medium, right? So yeah, I think we don't need I, it at all. Yeah, and, yeah. And thank, thank you for mentioning Craig Hogan. He's a frequent guest on Seek Reality. Um, Craig is the most selfless person I've ever met. Uh, he does this work, and he does wonderful work, and it's all free. You can, if you, if you just go to his website, and I can't remember what it is now, or I'd give it to you again. But um, his, his name is R. Craig Hogan, it, it, and everything he does is free. You can learn all on your own how to, to spend time with your dead loved ones. There's a process. I think it's eight steps. Uh, and if you go through them sincerely, uh, he's had like 95% success. So. Mm-hmm. Thank you for mentioning him. Um, the, the people doing this work are not in it for the money because Lord knows there isn't any. Oh, and absolutely. And the amount of, the amount of the, what I always say to my, my colleagues is, I mean, you have to really believe in this kind of work because you, 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 you stand a potential, a lot of ridicule for people who are just not vibrating at the same level you, you are. And, that, and yes. we can't really judge them. People are vibrating at different frequencies and they do not, they're still very much in a third dimension. Whereas people who will become, once you become more open, like Roberta, you talked about yourself being a skeptic, but you're an open-minded skeptic. So you vibrate at a very different frequency from those who will just look at what we were talking about and just absolutely say, you know, basically you're insane, right? There, There's there, no way. When someone physically skeptic. dies, you know, when yes. someone physically dies, they're dead. And I don't blame, we cannot... Um, get upset with that. We're not, we shouldn't even try to um, necessarily change um, these people's mind because they're just in a different place. Perhaps their purpose is not to for spiritual awakening in this particular lifetime. And I think, I think that's just okay. Judgment is, is not something, uh, we, we just need to suspend judgment on, on, on people and allow them to experience their own realities at, in this particular time, right? And you are much more you are much more loving than I am. You're on a way higher level. Um, I don't know about that. <laughs> I'm frustrated by the fact that there are people who call themselves skeptics, and their purpose is, their whole purpose is to be debunkers. It's easy to spot a debunker because there's some large phenomenon. Uh, they love to do it, try to do it with NDEs, for example, or with, um, um, with um, well, a variety of, of phenomena, almost all the phenomena. Out-of-body experiences is another one. Um, and they, they pick some little facet of this big, complex area, and they c- come up with a way to, to generate that phenomenon without going through the whole experience. And they say, okay, I debunked it. You yeah. know, um, I, I put people in a centrifuge, whirled them around, and it made their, their, uh, their vision narrow, and they started seeing little spots of light. So that's the tunnel and the light, and I debunked near-death experiences. Now, that's absolute nonsense. And if, if you read anybody who does that kind of thing, picks something and says, therefore, I debunked it, you know that person is a debunker. He's not a skeptic. He's not honest or honorable. That's right. You can just ignore those people. Yeah. People who and are interested 
the best people now doing this research are people who were just curious. Said, That's probably crapola. But, uh, but they looked into it open-mindedly. Um, Gary Schwartz is one of them. There are many, many people like that, and they became our very best researchers because they found it was real. Yeah, and I, and I think one of the things, Roberta, too, is what I've got, come to realize over the years is I actually do think that, you know, those in power, many know, including some of the debunkers. I think part of it is um, it's, it's a way for them to get attention, and they're actually paid by very highly influential people That's because what, right. what, what, what happens, Roberta, is the knowledge that we're putting forward in terms of um, survival of consciousness, which ha- they will have to change the medical books, the political structures will break down, religion will break down. And these are highly, you know, traditionally highly um, high-powered structures in our society. A lot of money in them, too. A lot of life. Exactly. Exactly. Supporting people's lives in them. Yeah. That's one of the things I would like to talk about. We're going to have to have you back, Donna, because we haven't even done half of what I wanted to do with you today. But I really would like to talk about the implications when we come back. This is Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes on the Contact Talk Radio Network. You are an eternal being. You never began and you never will end. And when you really know that, it will change everything in your life. Our guest today is the wonderful Donna Smith-Moncrief, and we'll be right back. Afterlife researcher Victor Zamet has long been a leader in the field of helping us understand what is going on. Like Roberta Grimes, Victor is an attorney. Like her, he was dissatisfied with the scientific and religious explanations of reality. So he did what lawyers do. He examined the evidence. And when he drew the same set of conclusions that every open-minded researcher has drawn, he began to educate the world. Roberta considers the free Friday Afterlife report that Victor and Wendy Zamet produce to be indispensable access to fresh information about our one reality. Go to victorzamet.com and sign up to receive their wonderful Friday Afterlife report. That's V-I-C-T-O-R-Z-A-M-M-I-T dot com. It's the best news you'll read all week. When Roberta Grimes studied the afterlife evidence, she learned a lot more than what happens when we die. She also discovered that we actually are perfectly loving, eternal beings. To help us explore who we really are, she's begun a multi-generational fictional saga that she calls Letters from Love. Letter from Freedom and Letter from Money begin the series, and Letter from Wonder is due in the fall. They read like fantasy romance, but they are the glorious truth. Also, enjoy Roberta's My Thomas, The Beautiful Tale of Thomas Jefferson's Marriage. Her new novel, Rich and Famous, is a romance set in the go-go 80s. Check out robertagrimes.com to learn more. Knowing the truth about our eternal lives changes everything. Welcome back to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes on the Contact Talk Radio Network. I'm talking with Donna Smith von Creep, and we're talking about the wonderful, wonderful research she has done uh, in the in 
various areas related to spiritual energy and all the implications of the fact that consciousness is is fundamental and pre-existing. Um, and we just started to talk about that before we, we, we hit our break. Donna, talk more about what's at stake for all the people who are, have invested their lives in the notion death ends everything. Um, what's at stake if they don't know about what we know about survival of consciousness? Inevitably. Inevitably, it's going to happen. That, and I think, I think the breakthrough is not far away. I think it's within the next 10 oh, years. Oh, absolutely. Inevitably, I agree with inevitably you. Inevitably, it's going to happen that everybody will know this stuff. And the last people to know it are going to be the people who are diehard religionists and diehard materialist scientists. Isn't that tragic? But it's true. It's tragic. And, and what, what is that going to mean? How is yeah. it going to, have you thought about this? How, oh, would, yeah. how will it change things? I love your question because I think that's when people say, "What, well, Donna, what is the bottom line? What is driving you? And, and that was why I wrote the chapter, so what? Like, you know, <laughs> it's a big question. People okay, so what? You've done all this. What does that mean? And, and, and what it means is that um, really when you live your life not fully understanding why do bad things happen, why, why is there depression, why, why can't you, you know, live a more fulfilling life, um, you, live, you live in a, 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 fear, a fearful um, environment which doesn't allow you to live your full potential. You don't take risks. You, you, um, you sort of feed into the negativity and you contribute to sort of the, the downward spiral of our planet. Um, and if you look at, if we just look at from an individual sort of um, from, from that level of analysis, what does that mean for a particular person's life? When they stick to sort of the doctrines, for example, in religion or stick to these uh, sort of these um, status quo structures of how you must be, how you must look, and you're not a good person if you don't look this way. What happens is just they, they really begin to disintegrate. They don't have any spiritual growth. Um, and, and, and literally, it becomes almost suffocating for their life. It's completely freeing for people to know that, hey, I am here. This bad thing is happening to me. I get it. It's a contrast. It's a test for me. It's spiritual growth. I'm safe. I'm going to take a risk. I find that at an individual level, things that I may have been afraid to do, I'm just like, no way. I mean, I can't go wrong here. I'm safe. I'm safe because this is why I came here. It's a different perspective. Yes, totally different. You're absolutely right. But it's, it's, it's the truth. It's the truth that we learn from a number of sources. We learn this truth when we study quantum physics and what the first quantum physicists basically discovered. They knew what they had found, um, yep. but their successors ignored them. When we study right. the Gospels, we, we hear the same things come from Jesus. The fact that Christians basically mostly ignore in many of the churches, they ignore what the things that Jesus said. Oh, Jesus never Jesus never said I came to die so you don't have to worry. You can do whatever you want except me on your deathbed. He never said that and it never happens. All those things that are dogmas, whether they're they're scientific dogmas or they're religious dogmas, they are they stand in the way of people's understanding what's really going on. And when people get it, my experience has been, and you, you know people too who know the truth, and what's glorious is that when people really, really get it, it, tra- it changes their lives completely. You stop focusing on how much money you can make or whether you can get this or that in this very little lifetime. You start thinking on an on a, on a eternal scale. You start thinking, I really do want to learn lo- to love more perfectly, to forgive more completely. Yeah, I do. 
I do want to grow. Yes. A bad thing happened. But as you point out, and what wisdom to say this, people always worry, you know, what, this bad thing happened, um, yeah. I'm alone in it, uh, whatever. Every bad thing that happens in your life, I don't care how bad it is, is something that you planned as a lesson. You decided to take That's advanced right. calculus in this lifetime because you know it's going to help you grow spiritually. And the, the interesting thing is when we plan our lives, sometimes we plan lives that are so hard that we, they would probably break us. So we are counseled to deal, to sort of dial back on what we, the ba- all the bad things we wanted to have happen. We feel very powerful before we're born. Yeah. So we, we dial it back some, but we have some tough things happen. And you're right, underneath it all are the everlasting arms. We are infinitely loved, infinitely protected. All of us have spirit guides. All of us have guardian angels. We are much, Absolutely. each of us, each of us is much more valuable, much more important to God than we can possibly imagine. And I think, and I think just exactly what you're saying, Roberta, is why when you say um, predecessors and other individuals who knew, knew, this, knew this information, unfortunately the powers that be said, you know what, uh, and, I, and I don't want to say this because we're on air and you know, you know what the powers that be are, but I mean they knew that they could not acquiesce um, the masses if they gave this information. The idea is to keep people in sort of a faith-based uh, situation, um, you know, believing in status quo. And I think Mark Ireland, um, you know, who is another speaker at uh, this conference, did a marvelous job of, of, of um, bringing that out in his, in his book. Um, I believe it was um, uh, Messages from the Afterlife, a bereaved father's journey and spirit visitations and, yes. um, and synchronicity. Sorry, my memory. But but he, he really <laughs> examines uh, the, the, the 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 religious aspect of it and how that structure um, uh, needs to be sort of re- re-examined in relation to the new paradigm. Um, because I think yes. a lot of us researchers wanna, I want it to really come out with that. But again, the, the religious structures are very very powerful, and it's not to say that what they were doing in religion was was negative. It's just, unfortunately, when people in power, in particular religion, saw that they, they had this information and kept it to themselves, they said, you know what, this isn't going to make us any money. Unfortunately, that's, that's really what, unfortunately, this is really, yes. really, really comes down to, we can't acquiesce the masses if they know that they're spiritual beings, they will come again in a different physical body. Um, and that they will, they're very powerful beings. Their spirit, their spiritual energies, when they know about their energy body and what they could do, wow, that means that the, you know, someone at a very higher echelon in the church is not any more powerful than each individual, right? That's Jesus very said that too. Jesus scary said, for people. Yes. Jesus said that the most exalted among you will be your servant. He, he said it. He said it all. One of the amazing things in my journey has been I went from being a very strict Christian to being just a follower of Jesus. I'm, I'm walking the path with him. I don't, there's nothing in Christianity that follows him the way we need to follow him. And my, my leader in that actually is Thomas Jefferson. Um, he called himself a sect of one. And he read only the Gospels and only the words of Jesus in the Gospels. Um, I think that's, he thought that would be the future, and I think he's right. It's just a couple hundred years later. But what you say is very important, too, because we know that they edited out all references to reincarnation. 
Well, ben, in, in the in the early the very early synods of the church and they did it for a reason they said if people think they can keep coming back and trying they won't try hard the first time absolutely it's very <laughs> similar to the cold quaker you know the um the, the quaker philosophy and how how they they they, they acquiesced the masses um, in, in the Protestant religion. This was the whole, the whole basis of that. And I mean, I think when, once people understand the paradigm we're working in, and um, and and why, why is it that again we have materializations happening at this time, but the world doesn't know? It's it, it's because it's being suppressed and it's not being promoted. That's why. There's- I have a very strong sense, and we're, we're told, actually, um, people have gotten communications from upper-level beings that we're being enlightened now. All of this evidence is accumulating, and it will come together all at once within the next decade, and it will suddenly, well, people will go from not having a clue to suddenly knowing it all, and they'll think they always knew it. But I'm seeing it happen. I mean, my book came out four years ago, and so I've done a lot of traveling and speaking about these matters, and I've right. seen an enlightenment in the audiences over just four years. That's really phenomenal. I mean, that's the beginning it was like, hear. oh, it was like, oh, this is kind of curious. That's uh, wonderful. This is to interesting. Hear. Yes, it's thrilling to me that, to see now when I and people I've never met before, just you know, other new, totally new people. I'll walk in now and I'll hear questions that are bright and sensitive, and coming coming from a knowledge base that was unthinkable. Uh, you know, even four years ago. So it's it's happening fast. No, and and another one too is um, a part of the area that I'm looking at now. A number of um, a number of uh, participants that are are sharing their spiritual experiences, out of body experiences are becoming more prevalent. People are understanding them. They're 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 conscious of their astral travel. That to me again is one of the one of the one of the uh, contributing to the evidence base we have. In other words, yes, these are just absolutely. people having their own spiritual experiences um, and and bringing back information, right? Getting yes, certain yes. powers, um, healing, healing through their out of body experiences, having new powers that they can they can share with uh, those of us on the on the earth plane. I completely agree with you. Um, as you say, the, the, the speaking engagements that you've had or you're talking to people, more, more and more people are, are starting to be more comfortable with sharing um, their spiritual experiences, which at one time would have been construed as evil, right? And I think that that's held us back, right? It's the whole, yes. whole idea that, oh, my God, if you're leaving your body or you're having any kind of, you're seeing another being, you're mentally ill, right? You're mentally ill or you're, 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 you're crazy or we're, we're, we need to lock you up. You. We need to we lock you up. To... Right, right. We have to exercise you. Um, yeah. it's, it's, it's been one of the things I've learned, and I'll say it again, um, is that there is no powerful negative being in opposition to God. We can talk, and I'll talk in, in another segment about how I know that's true and how it's part of the physics of the greater reality that it has to be true. But uh, you don't need to worry that this comes from the devil. All you need to do is ask God into your life Ask Jesus to show you the truth. He said, um, you know, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door will be open. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds. And he who to, who knocks, to him the door is opened. It's in the Gospels. Oh, he absolutely. encourages us to ask. And he says we have to follow his teachings, not what some other guy said. He said at one point, he said, why does everybody call me Lord, Lord, and doesn't do what I say? If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then yeah. you know the truth. 
and the truth will set you free. The truth will set. I mean, none of the mediums that I spoke to. I mean, um, the key message they have for people is, you know, the experiences that, for example, people have had with the Ouija board and everything. These are these are lay persons um, that are trying to interact with the spirit world with a negative intent, either just for for fun and games. They don't protect their energy. They don't. They yes. open up portals and they don't. Oh, there's know how a to lot of them. people. Yes. That's right. Yes. Well, and, and, and the issue is, it's, this is just another spiritual plane of existence. You know, Roberta, unfortunately, in this, in this plane, we got some negative souls <laughs> everywhere, yes. right? Some pretty yes. evil people on this earth plane. So they're there in different, different planes of consciousness. The issue is, uh, is, not, is our intent. do this at least one more time. We're coming. We're very close to the end of our time. I'd yes. like to just ask you to, to you know, Tell me a last little thing you want to leave us with. But definitely I want to have you back. We haven't talked about a quarter of what I'd like to talk about with you. No, just no, and thank you. I've really enjoyed our conversation. I, would, I would guess I would uh, just want to say that um, I'm, I'm excited about um, the, the work we're current at Metaphysics Research, the work we're doing in terms of the, the physical mediumship, the out-of-body experiences, and the energy healing, because I think the energy healing um, is, is something that uh, it's an alternative. It's an alternative to the, to the, the medicine yes. that's been ongoing the drugs and it's so out there a lot of the mediums um, in my initial study were talking about certain healing abilities and I'm, I'm excited about exploring them and, and excited about putting out that um, next bit of work that someone, anybody will be able to pick up and say oh these are the different ways I can harness energy to make my life better and I mean that's, that's yes. the intent that, I, that I'm, I'm working with and I'm, I'm excited about I'm what, excited what, for you and for all yeah. of us that you're doing this work um, Donna Smith Moncrief is is uh, definitely going to be back with us at, to talk about some of these other things that she's researching from a scientific perspective. The day will come when people with mainstream scientific training, more than just a few who are doing it now, are going to be looking at this stuff. But meanwhile, we have wonderful people like Donna who are taking the initiative and doing this this glorious work. Um, Thank you so much, Donna, and we'll be doing this again soon. Thank you. <laughs> Lovely to talk to you, Roberta, and keep up your amazing work as well. Thank you, my dear. Take care. I'm, I'm Roberta Grimes. My books are The Fun of Dying, Find Out What Really Happens Next, and its sequel, The Fun of Staying in Touch, about communication, will come out in August. I also have several novels, some of them, two of them 20 years old, My Thomas and Rich and Famous, and a new series that I've begun, which uses the things we learn from the dead to look again at what human nature is and what reality is. Uh, it's the Letters from Love series. Letter from Freedom and Letter from Money are out now, and Letter from Wonder will be out in the fall, and there are four more to come if I live that long. All my books are, are discussed at robertagrimes.com, and I blog there, too. I'd love it if you'd you know, read my blog and, and leave a message. I spend a lot of energy on trying to help people understand these things, and it, uh, to be able to do it on a blog is, is a special fun. We've been talking with Donna Smith von Creep, who is a wonderful, dedicated researcher. She's on the cutting edge, and she's doing it in a disciplined way. She's helping us better understand how we can make the most of this life now in our one reality. Please join us next week. We'll have a surprise guest, I hope, from the 38th <laughs> Annual Conference of the Academy for Spiritual and Consciousness Studies that's now taking place. Victor and I are going to try to do a podcast we can broadcast next week. Meanwhile, of course, please visit afterlifeforums.com. Join the discussion there. And now go out and make the most of this coming week in our one reality, knowing that you are an eternal being and you are infinitely loved. You've been listening to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. 
joyous conversations about your eternal life. To learn more, tune in every Saturday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. For lively and positive discussions, visit www.afterlifeforums.com. To contact Roberta, email her at roberta at seekreality.com. Wishing you a productive week empowered by the truth of who you really are.